Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Cardinals get back on the winning side of things, a 3-1 victory against Cincinnati. Cardinals brought their legs with four steals. Paul DeYoung brought the bat. DeYoung hits it out to deep left. It's at the wall. Goal! Oh, did he need that? And so did the Cardinals. The call on Fox Sports Midwest as the Cardinals win it 3-1. After the Cubs lost yesterday, the Cardinals now sit two and a half games back of the Cubs and Brewers in the National League Central. Speaking of the Brewers, they finally found a way to beat those pesky Marlins. Play the first two games. Here's Yelich. First ball swinging. And there goes Christian Yelich. A two-run home run. Yelich's 23rd home run of the year. Fox Sports Milwaukee with the call in the 5-1 Brew Crew victory. The Indians were looking for the sweep of the Twins. Max Kepler had different ideas. That's driven to right field. Naquin going back. This to the wall. That ball is gone. Kepler on the second pitch of the game breaks an 0 for 21 streak. Driven to right down the line and deep again. And gone a two run home run for Max Kepler and it is 3 to nothing. Here's a drive to center field. Martin going back. Max Kepler has three tonight. Dick Bremer with the calls on Fox Sports North. Kepler's three home runs give him 15 on the season. The girls' state soccer tournament continues from County Soccer Park in Des Moines. Class 1A semifinals, Davenport Assumption against Gilbert. And North Polk faces off against Center Point Urbana. Class 2A, it's ADM against Cedar Rapids Xavier. And Dallas Center Grimes faces Waverly. And in the 3A semis, it's Waukee Ankeny Centennial, while Dowling Catholic goes up against Ankeny. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's a Friday. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Kexano with you for the next couple of hours. Busy program today. Lots of ground to cover. We'll take a quick pick, a quick peek back, uh, at last night's, uh, pivotal game five in the NHL, a series that puts the Blues on the cusp of winning their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. We've got basketball tonight. It's Cubs Cards weekend. Max Kepler hit not one, not two, but as you heard, three of them, and they needed every single one of them. The Twins did yesterday as they salvaged the game against Cleveland and find themselves in just fine right up there with a double-digit lead at the top of the uh, Central Division of the American League. Major shakeage as far as in the lineup for the Chicago Cubs, who will face uh, the Cardinals, as we mentioned today. Anthony Rizzo has been elevated to the leadoff spot, Trent Condon. I saw David Kaplan tweet that out this morning. It's official. It's happening. Rizzo to the top. Schwarber to the bench. To the bench. To the bench. He is not in the lineup. Here we go. Rizzo will lead off. Uh, Bryant is at third, batting second. Cargo is in left, he'll bat third. Javi cleaning up at short. Jason Hayward, who's 
He's been better than he's been since he's been a Cub. Right. Uh, but that's not saying much. Bar wasn't set real high, Trent. Well put. Uh, he'll bat fifth. Caratini's catching today, batting sixth. Bodie, who's been really good, is seventh. Albert Almore, who I'm glad is in center field. Uh, they've, he, to me, when the cargo trade happened, at least for early in the uh, Gonzalez Cubs history, looked like Almore was going to be the odd man out. Yeah. I thought I didn't like that at all. Almore is so gifted defensively, and he's been hitting the ball a little bit better. Schwarber, as we know, can hit it a mile, and he's okay in left field, but Almore is a better um, better fielder. So that's your lineup. Cole Hamels will go against Miklas today, uh, which should be a pretty good matchup. We'll get into that as we uh, go along here. Uh, just real quick, before we get into the day, you were away yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have fun? It was hot. Uh-huh. It was really hot in the stands calling soccer yesterday out of county. But I had a good time. I, I really good. did. Got a game winner from Dallas Center Grimes, an overtime golden goal. So that was fun. Felt like I was at, by that point, I had figured it out a little bit. First time calling any sport. Did you use the goal? Or no, did you no, come... no. It wasn't anything like that. Scores. I, I ran out of time. I was going to put in my update, a little self-serving, put my goal call in you there. You had a long update there. I did have a long update, and it ran out of time. Well, I had to get Max Kepler, all three of those homers in there, too. And I'm glad that you did. That was terrific. Coming up on the program today, John Bowenkamp will talk Hawks at about 1040 and Big Ten uh, with John. Bill Bender's going to chime in on college football. I hope we can do significant Big 12 conversation with Bill. That seems like a good idea. Let's focus. I'm sure we'll be all over the place, but at least we'll um, intent is to talk a lot of Big 12 with Bill Bender from the Sporting News and then Mark Simon. Trent and I will do uh, Major League Baseball, some analytics before we get to the barbecue giveaway. So here's the question of the day. Trent. Yes. Fast forward to Sunday night, and we certainly don't want to do that because it looks as though it's going to be a spectacular weekend. That it does. All about that, yes. And we're due, right? I mean, (laughs) Central Eye was absolutely due for this. So we both like to speculate on ratings type Uh of thing. That's kind of a talker on our program over the years. You're in St. Louis, and you've got the Chicago Cubs-St. Louis Cardinalry rivalry back on full display in prime time on Sunday night. Cubs cards. Doesn't get much bigger than that in St. Louis. 608 first pitch ESPN. Meanwhile, three blocks away at 708, the greatest trophy in sports, period. No arguing. No arguing. Period. Is in the building. What's the name of it again? What did we say it was called? Is the it, building? Is it nationwide? No, that's Columbus. Uh, it's trade. named after no, Scott Trade. No, it's not Scott Trade anymore. It's named after an insurance company. Nationwide. Is it nationwide? I thought Columbus was nationwide. Well, regardless. I got this machine in front of me. It's called uh, Internet. Yeah, I, I got Google here. So I will let you nationwide. know momentarily. Okay, so while we know that where the, wherever the Blues play in the Missouri Valley Conference holds their basketball tournament in downtown St. Louis. Enterprise. Well, Enterprise. Center. There we go. I love rental, car rental. Yeah. Insurance. Uh, in the you have Enterprise. To have insurance to rent a car. You do. So. I'm going to give us a half a point. All right. Um, the cup will be there. It will be the first time where the city's NHL franchise, who's been around since 1967, this is their fourth time playing for the Stanley Cup. They never won a game in the Stanley Cup final until this year. But the cup will be there for the final game of the year in Enterprise. Regardless, if they they win, they have a parade. If they lose, they get back on the airplane and go to Boston for an opportunity to come back to St. Louis and have a parade. I'm talking really fast. Slow down. What's going to win the night? In terms of television St. Louis ratings, ratings, Cubs cards, 
St. Louis Blues, and they love their Blues there. They do. It's still hockey as opposed to baseball. It's hockey as opposed to baseball. doesn't have the same kind of history. doesn't have no. certainly the same level of success. No. <laughs> hockey will dominate the night. I think it will, too. Dominate the night. In mm-hmm. fact, I saw something on Twitter that ratings for these Stanley Cup games in St. Louis have been dominating. I think they've beaten Boston. Or if they haven't, they're right there with Boston. And Boston is... Folks, if you don't realize this, but a lot of people wouldn't believe me. I said about to say, Boston is a hockey town. If you were ranking the teams and you would think, oh, the Celtics and all that glory, Brady and those six championships, the Red Sox for what they've do since the century turned, Boston's got to get the Bruins got to be way, 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 way down at the bottom. No, they're not. I don't know. They are a hot. That is a hockey market. Big time. College hockey plays well there. Um, I think the, I think the Blues are going to win it convincingly yes. too, Trent. I mean, if we and if we, I don't know other shares of things, but I would say the number probably doubles what the Cubs Cardinals will get in St. Louis. Well, it, and and I think, and I don't know this for sure. I mean, if it's like, a is tw- it NBC though? Or is it is it NBCSN? Good question, and that does matter. Uh-huh. That does matter there. I think the hockey gets a twenty five share and like a twelve share for the baseball. Mm-hmm. That's what I would. That would. A lot of TVs watching sports in St. Louis on yes, Sunday night. There's no doubt. Uh huh. Um, now the game is in Wrigley, so we know. So at least the fans don't have to decide which games they're going to go to in person. Uh, the cheapest get-in price is like twenty five hundred dollars to get in to see Game Six of a Stanley Cup Final. NBC. NBC's got it. Okay. This and Game Seven also, if necessary. And that would be when? When does when is Game Seven? Is it Wednesday? Did they June twelfth. That's Wednesday. That's Wednesday, okay. Isn't it? Yeah, five days from now. That's Wednesday. Well, they get a long break. Well, they don't play till Sunday, so... Uh-huh. Well, I look at... Selfishly, I hope we're watching hockey on, uh, on on Wednesday. I don't know if we will. The Blues are just pounding this team, this Bruins team, into submission. And any thought that Char wasn't going to play last night... I mean, come on. Yeah. He's a hockey player. It's not game 11 in early November. It was game five in the Stanley Cup. He wears a C on his sweater... For a reason, he's the heart and soul of that team. Not the best player anymore, but it's his jaw. You don't stand. You don't put your foot in. Uh, you don't put your jaw in a skate, <laughs> right? He was going to play, and I'm sure he's in pain. Of course, he's in yeah, pain. Yeah. Um, but he was going to play last night. He only played only air quote 16 minutes. He's usually 24, 25 minute player game, um, a minute per game player. But just having him on the ice now. The game. I'm sure you saw the controversy at the end. Yeah, it, it's a penalty all day long. But you know what? I mean, it's, it's, you hate to say this, but it's the Stanley Cup, and these guys have eaten their whistles since I can remember watching hockey when it gets to the Stanley Cup. That's a penalty in March. That's a penalty in November. That's a penalty in any other month of the regular season, and probably in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. But in the third period of a Stanley Cup game, a pivotal game, swing game, they're going to eat their whistles. Should they? Of course not. But that's the way it happens. I feel terrible for Bruins fans. But if it would if it would have happened the other way around, I would have felt horrible for Blues fans because they wouldn't have got the call. That's just the way it is. The, right or wrong? The officials as a whole didn't have a great third period. No, there, there was the goal call or lie on the line, pass yep. the line. What you know? It would have come back because I think he was pushed in. But he, okay, but still, you had mm-hmm. that and then this, and it just wasn't the best for the men in stripes last night. No, and I think we're go- what, what we're going to see here in the maybe in the off season. You only get one challenge in hockey. Mm-hmm. One challenge. In fact, you're penalized if you challenge and don't get the challenge right. 
when it comes to offside, which hmm, I don't really like that um, because that can if you're wrong, obviously mm-hmm. you're, you know you're down a man. Not only did your team just give up a goal, but you're down a man for the next two minutes. But there's some talk now, maybe that this will be expanded to a second challenge. This wasn't even reviewable. Even if they would have had a challenge, they couldn't review for a missed call. I mean, they don't adjudicate non-calls. It's just the way it is. Now, football's finally going to do that with pass interference. At least we believe that's going to be the case. I want to see it happen. Uh, but the Blues, did they get lucky? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. They're the better team, I they, think. That That's your takeaway right now, though. I, I think that they have a 3-2 lead in this area. Yes, so and they're they, pounding the Blues into submission. They are finishing every single check. The Blues are the better team. Uh-huh. Right now. There's only two left. Yeah. I, I take think the your Blues opinion. are going to win it. Yeah, I take your opinion on this. I, I just don't. I don't have the nuance that you do. Obviously, mm-hmm. watching this sport, that's been my takeaway too. And I'm really surprised by it. I'm coming into this series, yeah, me too. In that, a lot of ways, that's not the feeling that I had. I thought the Bruins would win. Great series. Yeah. Great, great season. Getting back to the Stanley Cup for the first time since 1970 for the Blues. Trent, here's the other thing. January 2nd, I remind you folks, there's 31 teams in the league. The 31st ranked team in the league on January 2nd was the team that's one win away from having a parade. 31 teams uh-huh. in the NHL. So, Well, the Golden Knights came in and made it that off number. And then Seattle joins 2000 and after next season. Gotcha. One more. So they'll be evened out 32. And I don't know how they're going to do it, but um, you'd think 16 and 16, right, would make yeah. it pretty easy. Uh, but we got another West Coast team going in. I would guess there's going to be some movement, but I really haven't checked. That excite you? Seattle coming in, new expansion yeah, team? I guess. I mean, last time we had an expansion team, they played for a Stanley <laughs> yeah, Cup. they did. I mean, think about that. You know, the, the team that everybody picked to finish 31st two years ago is playing, played for a Stanley Cup. The team that was 31st on January the 2nd of this year is one win away from winning a Stanley Cup. And that's the fluky nature for me of hockey. It's just... We talk about coming back from a 3-0 or 3-1 deficit. It just seems so much easier in hockey, the way momentum can change, a hot goalie can change things, and a hot goalie can lead you to the playoffs, lead you here. Mm-hmm. told you my first real indoctrination into hockey was John Van Beesbrook, Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. and the run that they went on. And the rats. Yes. Rats on the out of the stands. It, that's, that's what you see. So hockey... To, is a different, certainly a different sport than the other winter into spring and summer sport of NBA. You don't have things like that. No. We, we weren't going to all of a sudden see the Kings come seemingly out of nowhere in January mm-hmm. and then play mm-hmm. for, just doesn't happen that way. Is it rosters, injuries, just the nature of the sport? Mm-hmm. Is there one thing you can pinpoint no, why really it can happen can't. like that? But you're right. I mean, no one anticipates the Baltimore Orioles finding a way to get into the playoffs this year, right? <laughs> no, no. That's kind of what it's equated. Like, yeah. this was the worst team in the league. I don't know what if I could put my finger on it. Um, we've just done 10 minutes on hockey to open the show. Let's try this in October. See okay. how this goes over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure real well. <laughs> yeah, when we start the season, when we do a breakout on, on the, on opening weekend. Yes. Um, Trent, let's switch to basketball as we've got a really big game tonight and Clay Thompson is going to go at what percent we don't know. You know, as it dawned on me as I was, um, driving home yesterday after the show, Toronto could be up three zip in this thing. Yeah, it's a good call. I mean, think back to Game 7, right? Yeah. And I know that that 18-0 run counts, but they missed a bunch of shots. And as we said, that was our talker the next morning, right? That the Raptors are going to be sick to, their, sick to their stomachs when they look back on what they seemingly let get away. They could be up 3-zip going for the sweep tonight. They very well 
should have been, I still believe, should have been up at game 215 at the half. There mm-hmm. are five. Right. Little flurry assigned by Curry took it from a 10-point game that mm-hmm. probably should have been 20 Yeah, and did it to that. They should have been up at minimum 12, probably 15, the way they played in the first half. You mentioned the run, end of that first half, into the second, the 18 nothing run. Yeah, but so it's 8-2 two, two, uh, two carried over and then 16-0 yeah. run, right? Yeah. Then you couple it with the change that we talked about with Nick Nurse, going to the box in one. Uh-huh. They shut the Warriors down. They shut that offense down. Confused them. They couldn't get shots. Mm-hmm. If Toronto hits shots, hit shots the way they did in games one and three, they do that in game two in the fourth quarter, they are up 3-0. It's not just the, the run that Golden State had there in the third. There's a lot more. There were a lot more chances there. Toronto Raptors is going to be our NBA champions. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> they're favored in Vegas right now. They're favored. Yeah, it was yesterday a morning yesterday. when we talked, it was a pick em. And it's changed, hasn't it? Isn't, aren't the Raptors a slight favorite right, right. now, minus 120? Yes. Starting to float that way. How about that? The Raps. Well, the Warriors we'll are going to come out in a big way tonight. I would think. I would think so tonight. What do you expect from Clay Thompson? He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe some limitations, but he'll be fine. He's out there. I, I don't I don't anticipate this is an injury that is going to be so debilitating. We're not talking Willis Reed here. He's not right, going to be out there right. dragging his leg right. behind him yep. up and down the court. I don't think that'll be the case. He'll mm-hmm. be out there. He'll be fine. He'll hit some shots, and if he can play a little bit of defense, they're going to be in good shape. I'm laying the number tonight. And what we what is it, four and a half, five? Five somewhere? and uh, some five and a half, uh, five and a half, excuse me, also starting to pop up. Uh, from time to time. So unfortunately, I am not alone. Well, now I look, uh, I checked this, what, hour ago when we first talked about it? Mm-hmm. Back to four and a half now. It's down to four and a half. Back to four and a half. So the smart money's coming in. Well, we will We will see. I'm like, I'm very excited for this game. Yes, tonight. I am too. And nothing tomorrow night. Uh, Cubs cars play tomorrow night, don't they? Yes, they do. It's a night game tomorrow. Is that a Fox National Fox game? Fox National game tomorrow night. And then ESPN Sunday night baseball on Sunday night. By the way, KXNO will have the Saturday and Sunday games of this series. My wife probably doesn't realize I'm on the air, Trent, after all. And yeah. I've just started this job. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I get those from time to time, In the too. middle of the show. Yeah. Should I talk? Should I take the call? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't, I don't know what she's going to say. Embarrass Scrunch a little bit. Yeah. I, I got the dump buddy button ready. Do you? Does she got a little loose lips? It depends how I've been. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah. It, it comes back that it way. It depends on that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so Cubs cards this weekend. We saw the cards sweep them the last time this uh, that these two teams met. Um, Brian Walton, who we'd hoped to get on the show today, is going to join us on Monday. He is in the air making his way to Wrigley, so that won't work out. The pitching, uh, the pitching matchups, Trent, you can't ask for much more than this, right? I mean, this afternoon we've got Miklas against Hamels. Uh, tomorrow night we've got Flaherty against John Lester. Mm. And then we'll wrap it up with Wayne Wright and Kyle Hendricks. No excuses, Cubbies. No Darvish, no Quintana. And they haven't been awful, but you like these three better. You're getting the Cubs three best starting pitchers against these Cubs. Cardinals. Wainwright last week, last week he was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 125 or 128 pitches, career high number of pitches. You anticipate that again? No. Of course not. No. You got to see him last time around. That's one you're looking to pound him and, and pound him into submission. So this will be his, so they've given him some extra time. Yes. Because his last start, that was Sunday, and he won't pitch until Sunday. 
So he's going on extended rest. Well, they had the the rain out too that pushed things. Oh back. yes, they did earlier in the week, right? For, against uh, one of the Cincinnati games. Yes, yeah. So I they had that. day off on Monday, mm-hmm. rain out on Wednesday, pushing everybody back, and, and that's what led to this. He would have gone on Saturday uh, if that wasn't the case. But yeah, a little extra time, and, and we talk about a perfect time for a rain out for the Cardinals after a guy at thirty seven years old throws the most pitches of his career. Yeah. Extra day, not a bad thing, I'm going to guess. Not, not for him, no doubt about it. We're about 40 minutes away from uh, Craig Kimball in, being introduced at uh, Wrigley Field. Uh, that press conference is going on. Keichel is brave. Um, thoughts? I saw that last night. He's going to pitch. Uh, he's already going to pitch in a AAA game on Saturday for the Braves AAA affiliate. So they're getting him, they're throwing him right out there. Last year, let the 2018 baseball season. Remember, we were waiting all throughout the winter. When are all these free agents going mm-hmm. to sign? Mm-hmm. Now, pretty much all the guys that we talked about were not players of the same ilk of Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel. But no. they were solid major no, Bryce leaders. Harper was. Yeah. But during that offseason, most of those guys that finally did start signing in March and finally start to go to camps really struggled early on. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a full spring training. They didn't get to go through that. Now, timing... Of this is different, but that's something that I'm interested in. And I just, I'm so surprised. I know Keichel, I know Kimbrell, I know they've been throwing. You know, they haven't been sitting on the couch watching Oprah and eating bonbons all day. I get that. But this quick, three weeks for Kimbrell, already to AAA for Keichel. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it's really surprised me when I've seen this. With the early reports with those two guys, um, you know, let's let's stay in the Central Division with the move that the Cubs made. What what does that do for the the Brewers, the Cardinals? Does this, as I see it, I mean, they're they're so close. These three teams, I think, yeah, I, mean, I really and truly, this is going to be such a spectacular race. It really is. Um, does does this now make the Cubs the tepid favorite? They probably already were the tepid favorite. I think so. Yeah, but I, does this does this does this make them? Move them another step closer to, not home free by any means, no. but the, now they're firmly installed as the favorite in the Central, this one move? I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I would certainly put it that way, that this move pushes them another rung up. I don't know, percentage-wise, you're laying the odds. Three-way odds with these three teams to win the division. Well, Cubs, tight favorite, Brewers, Cardinals is how I see it. I'm in the same boat. Minus one twenty five for the Cubs, yeah. Plus one ten for the Brewers, and plus one forty for the Cards. Yeah, somewhere around there. I don't know if your math works, but uh, that probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That was off the top of the head, but right around that. Yeah, area. probably so. I think that's probably yeah. That's that's fair. And maybe before Kimbrel, it would have been minus one ten for 110. both of up for both the Brewers mm-hmm. and. And the Cubs, and then because the if you're moving the, the Cubs one way, you got to adjust with the Brewers. So probably put it about there. Yeah, a slight favorite, a slight bump up, and the way this bullpen has been, it's been good. Mm-hmm. After the first ten mm-hmm. days, it has been good. They've had that rotated cast with guys coming through AAA and going up and down. Yeah, they really have. We talked about it with that with Randy Wayhofer on Wednesday when we were out at Principal Park. And, and we'll be there Monday looking yes. forward to it already as they'll wrap up their home stand. And the way the options work for those guys and bouncing back and forth. But everybody moves down a rung. Yeah. Pedro Strope, great person. Uh huh. Now he's a setup man. Now he's a setup man. Yeah. Been good in that role. I think he is too. It's uh, Saturday, speaking of the I Cubs, just because I've really practiced this word, the Des Moines. I was flying. I was, you know, yeah. you look at you. You're getting demonios. 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 The demons. The demons. 
New Jersey's. Yes. Um, they look awesome, they're in the too. They're in the gift shop. I'm anxious to see how those move. I bet they do. Yeah. I bet that they do. Um, Navy blue look to them. They're uh, real sharp with the dark red. Dominios. Dominios. The, the Des Moines, Des Moines Demons. Demons. The Des Moines Demons, indeed. Saturday night, that's Principal Park. Fireworks tonight and day baseball on Sunday and then again on Monday. We'll come back. Did you take a look? I want to run this by you. USA Today ranked the top 10 college quarterbacks. Did you see that list? I have came not. Out yesterday, I want to say. I mean, it's so easy at the top, right? Specifically the top two. Lawrence and Tua. The Lawrence and Tua. Or Tua right? and Lawrence, depending on your mood. I don't mind. You know what, Trent? Honestly... I agree with you to a certain extent. They're they're clearly the two. I bet you if you if you poll ten college football like a Bill Bender, ten Bill Benders. Okay. Um, give me your top two. How many would have Lawrence's one? I think more than. I don't think it would be a five five. Is where I'm going. Where you're polling ten. I think it would be seven three eight two. Lawrence strictly this season. Rest of their college career. Well, two has only got one year left. NFL. I mean, we have to put those parameters into yeah. it too. For 2019 only. Got an answer. I like Tua. Do you? I do. This I like season Lawrence, only. So we're not going to fight over the at the at the draft. Huh? You're going to get your guy. I'll get mine. I'll take it. I uh, will. Uh, we'll talk about some of the rest on that list. There's one that really surprised me, and it it kind of plays into our. Um, Area of conversation throughout the football season. Okay. So we'll do that. Uh, we'll come back. John Bowen camp's coming up in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Bill Bender at 11 o'clock. We're going to focus heavily with Bill on the Big 12. Pick Bill Bender to the Sporting News' brain uh, on how he sees the Big 12. Four new coaches. You know, four new coaches in that, uh, in that conference. Ten teams, four of them have new coaches this year. So Bill Bender, Trent, and I will do that. Uh, we're going to talk some analytical baseball with Mark Simon at about 11.20. Claxon's giveaway at 11.45. Do you want to put the questions out there now? You got them ready to go? I got do. got the games we're doing? Uh, we'll do the Bruins and the Blues tomorrow on Sunday night. Warriors minus four and a half, shall we say? Four and a half. That's what I'm seeing it right now. Uh, we'll do that. We'll do the Cub Card Series at uh, at Wrigley Field this weekend. And uh, uh, Belmont Stakes, final leg of the Triple Crown. Will a, the horse wear, winning the race wear an odd or an even number saddle towel? The uh, tiebreaker is going to be Barnstormers. They're playing their home. They are home for their final Saturday? Team. Yes. Uh, so we'll do total points for the Barnstormers. That'll be the tiebreaker. But that's not coming up for about an hour and 15 minutes or thereabouts. They get Sioux Falls coming back in, the team they beat for the title last year. Sioux Falls will be in the building for the Barnstormers tomorrow night. Um, and that's the end of the regular season? One more after that. One more after that. One more after that. They sit at, I want to say, 11-1. and one. They have one loss this year. Arizona, the Rattlers, are undefeated, so they need a little help to get the number 1 overall seed, but... Sitting in good position for the two. Sioux Falls, though, 10-2 and two themselves, just mm. a game back, and would uh, grab the tiebreaker. Important one for the Barnstormers tomorrow. All right, we'll put that in the uh, Claxons giveaway. Give the Barnstormers a little bit of love. They deserve it. Coming off the championship season, and right there again, try to put them back-to-back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Derek Fisher on the physical. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right.
right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent, I can't hear you. You can't? I cannot hear you. Can you come in here? Yes. So we can toss this around a little bit? (laughs) All right. Uh, I don't know what has happened. Uh, anyways, uh, here until uh, noon, we've got John Bowenkamp uh, from the uh, Hawkeye, the Burlington Hawkeye, coming up here in oh, the next few minutes. Look forward uh, to catching up with John Bowenkamp. All right, the USA Today uh, released its, or put out its list season, right? Uh, get used to it. It's, it's happening. We're going to see one of these lists seemingly each and every week, and we will opine on some of them that catch our attention. Some of them are worth a little bit of conversation. Um, most of them aren't. But this one got my attention for one reason, TC. Yes. Uh, the top 10 quarterbacks in college football, as we talk going to break, you love Tua. He's your guy. I get it. He's terrific. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, to me, is um, maybe generational. Very well could be. He's, he's got that type of ability. Yes. But the guy that was ranked number seven this early in his career, and I like him, and yeah. I told you this last year, where I'm going is to Nebraska with Adrian Martinez. Absolutely. Is he already college football's seventh best QB? I think so. Do you? That might be too low. I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much is going to be around him. Right. Wide receiver crew, and he had a couple of real good ones last year. Yep. That's going to be and different. He took this some season. chances last year that hopefully he won't take in the years to come as far yes. as his health. He uh, the running game though you saw what mm-hmm. happened with Washington mm-hmm. and a guy yeah, that what ha- is he is he kicked off suspended Do we know nothing official Okay, they're they're going it's it was, Nebraska was it pot so, Yeah, but he also had child pornography charges in California that are oh, still about that. ongoing. Yeah, that's it, not good. It, it, yeah, it's not the pot. It's yeah. that you have this. You have to be. Absolutely straight and narrow, mm-hmm. and then this happens. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's, that's he's, a he's lost his. Um, his but it's Nebraska. I mean, we, we saw what they did in the seventies and eighties and nineties. I mean, mm-hmm. they let guys skate. Mm-hmm. We'll see what the happens Lawrence here. Phillips thing was kind of a black mark, yeah. was it not? <laughs> that it was. Uh, so there's another couple of quarterbacks that to move our needle, and one of them is Shea Patterson at Michigan, who the Hawks will see this year. Where are you on him? Like him? Don't yeah. love him. He's. Pretty good. He's better mm-hmm. than what they've had. Is this finally Michigan's year to win the East? <sighs> Maybe by default. I don't like Penn State. Ohio State is the great unknown. Mm-hmm. If you can't break through now, when are you going to? I mean, it's all well, your He's never beaten them yet. <laughs> Never's beaten Ohio State. Is he 0-4, 0-5? 0-4, yes. right? 0-4. Two really close games, too. Yeah. Not so good. Right. But it's been there a couple of different times. Just hasn't been able to break through. But if you're... How many times... I mean, if your name is not Jim Harbaugh, yeah. and they hire, they don't hire a Michigan man. Uh, would a non-Michigan man would a non-Michigan man get the opportunity to lose to Ohio State five times? Maybe, maybe. Boy, I don't know, because there is more to it. Yes, that's frustrating. Yeah. That's ultimately what John Cooper what cost him mm-hmm. his job because they had a lot of success. But was it two and eleven? I think was the number against Michigan for him when he was at Ohio State. He just that was a team he couldn't beat. It's back here on the other side now, vice versa with Michigan uh, on the back end of it. Yeah, because where the program had been the decade previous, I think changed some of just the, some of the value the, the program had nationally and also on the local level there in Michigan where hey, this isn't as easy as just throwing the football out and we're going to win 10 games every single year because we're Michigan. Because throughout the Lloyd Carr era, 
That's what it become at the end. The last seven, eight years, it was every single year. Worst case scenario, they'd be 10 and 2. Worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And then, well, we're going to, Lloyd's moving on. We're going to revolutionize what we do offensively with Richard. Saw what a disaster it was at Brady Hoke. Another disaster after the first year. And because of that, I, I think there is more leeway in that job currently. But you better get it turned around. You, you can't yeah. keep going down this road with losing to Ohio State. Uh, Doc Fuller and I were talking yesterday. Um, the, the mini packages for Hawkeye football have mm-hmm. come out. I guess I didn't realize how much of a PU the home schedule is this year for Iowa. It's awful. It's awful. And because the, the reason we were talking is the, the mini packages come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's two of them. You can either build around Penn State, which is clearly the marquee gamers at Min- and the other one is Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying one of those three game packs, you can't buy Michigan, uh, Michigan, Minnesota and Penn State in the same one. Yep. Trent, it's tough to find three good games. Three to get excited about. I mean, and if you have to separate Minnesota and mm-hmm. Penn State, Purdue's homecoming, right? Yes. Rutgers. It's week two. Something a little different. Illinois to end the season. I mean, you should see the team walk off the field for the final time uh, in 2019. Victorious. But your idea also is different than a lot of fans' idea. You just want to go and see the best game. I want to see the brands. Yeah. For many people, it's... Well, I'm not going to go to any of them. Well, of course we know that. <laughs> right. Labor Day weekend is either a non-starter mm-hmm. or the perfect time. we got a three-day weekend. We can make this work. I haven't seen, had a chance to tailgate since November last year. Let's That's get after it. That's a big part. Right. So that one elevates. Plus, it's a night game. Even if it's Miami of Ohio, yeah, it still true. is it's a, a night, night game. game. Yep. So you have that up there. If I was building a three-game package, mm-hmm. I would do... Oh. I would do the Penn State one be just because I think that is the best That's game That's what I talked him into doing. The Penn State, Miami of Ohio, and the third game would be maybe just Purdue. Well, the, the, here's the three that he took. Penn State, uh-huh. because he thinks and we think it's going to be a night game. Yes. Uh, Purdue, mm-hmm. and then Illinois. Illinois, huh? Just because it's the last game of the year. Yeah. They should win. Last chance to Senior day. Gate. A lot of people like Senior that. Senior day. That's another big part. So. Yeah, so Doc gives away these tickets, and we're going to give them away on our show. Oh, that would be so great. That's how. That's why he's a season ticket holder, but he always buys a mini pack, and mm-hmm. he asked me to get involved and pick the tickets with him because we're going to give them away on our show. Yep. Um, so that's what I put together. Yeah. Penn State, Purdue, and Illinois. Penn State's the best. Uh, by far. By far. But I didn't realize, I guess. Can you change it? I think you should put game one in there. You really do it at the expense of what? Game Illinois. Game 11? Yeah. Maybe not, though. It's a night game. It's a con- Versus a conference game. Yeah. Senior day. I don't know if there is a right answer. We'll take a break. Maybe John Bowenkamp will help us out. He'll join the program next. At 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to, well, when we resume in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. We'll go around college football with Bill. Inside analytics of baseball with Mark Simon. Enjoyed that piece last time we had Mark, which was earlier in the baseball season. He'll get back into the rotation here today. And then we'll give away Claxton's Barbecue in a little more than an hour. Claxton's in Altoona. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports station 1460 it's 24 hour sports morning noon and night here on 1460 kxno hi welcome back miller and con to des moines sports station 1460 kxno two enthusiastic thumbs up from this movie reviewer for 
Got some time this weekend. Rocket Man is spectacular. It really is. Uh, highly recommended. I'll Let, be waiting for the stream. You will. On this one. Yeah, uh, I, you'll enjoy it. I'm sure waiting. I will, but it's more of an era thing. Yeah, I no doubt about that. John Bone Camp's in the same era as I am. Yes. You have any desire to see Rocket Man, John Bone Camp? How are you? Pause. I'm doing good. Possibly. I'm not. A, I, it's one of those things. I'll wait for it when it's on HBO. I got gotcha. you. Um, I'm not a theater. I'm not a movie theater guy. I did go see Creed too. When it was at the theater here a while back, but um, not a big theater guy. But yeah, I think it's a movie I want to see. Absolutely is. Well, let me ask you this: Did you see this little nugget before we get into the Hawkeyes and localize it a little bit more? Um, the Pac-12 is is selling <laughs> selling part of the conference, um, I guess, or they they had a cash call. Fifteen percent of the Pac-12. How about that on your portfolio? Well, I own the part part of the uh, part of the Pac-12. Seven hundred and fifty million dollars is the going price for fifteen percent of a conference. Uh, how did wow. we get here, John? Um, I think it's it, it's it's the it's the arms race. It's what we've been talking about for years, and and I think I think it's. Yeah, you know, money. Everybody needs money at this point, and and I think these conferences are starting to realize that when these next TV deals come around, they're going to look a lot different than what yes. they do now. And I think maybe this is a hedge of let's get ahead of this, get some cash out of the deal, and you know, because like I said, I I don't think they know what the landscape is mm-hmm. going to look like here in the next few years. Yeah, and to, to be more accurate, you're 100% right, John. It's more media rights that they're bidding on uh, as right. opposed to actually ownership of the conference. So, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's fair because the Big Ten Network um, and the and the and when the end of the 2020 prior to 2025 football, right? We will right. be in a whole new era. Sure, I mean because I mean you're looking at online, you're looking at you know you're looking at streaming, you're looking at. You know, does does a Netflix come in and, and bid on games? Does a Hulu bid on games? You know, does YouTube bid on games? I mean, you, you don't know what it's going to look like, and you know, some and, and it's like the networks aren't going to maybe have that kind of money in the next few years. You know, how much money is ESPN going to have, and what are they going to want to invest in? Are they going to want to invest in more NFL or you know more this or more that or whatever? And I think I think you're seeing it in I think you're seeing it in professional sports and you know when you get into like NASCAR and NHL and and you know some of those things that don't have the cachet you know they don't have the the the, the way the NFL is right now or the way the NBA is right now you know so I mean like I said it's going to cost a lot of money to keep some of those properties networks are going to be saying look we can't afford this anymore you know how much does Fox get involved now more and more mm. with college football you're seeing that you know. You're seeing that with some of the TV deals. So nobody knows what it's going to look like in the next few years. So I think everybody's kind of just trying to get ahead of the game and get as much cash put away as possible to worry and then worry about what that looks like here in the next five, six years. John Bonicamp joining us. John, let's jump into the Hawkeyes. And have you got the story yet? Uh, It's what my Twitter mentions have been dominated by. Oliver Martin, he's in the transfer portal, possibly leaving Michigan is he coming to his hometown of Iowa City to play for the Hawks? I, you know, I, I think I think there's mutual interest from what I've been reading and, and from what other people have written. I think there's mutual interest, but I mean, I this was a, this was a kid that was very highly regarded mm-hmm. out of yeah. high school, and so I mean, Iowa's not going to be the only one calling. 
And in this era of college football, you're going to need a lot of receivers. You're going to need, you know, you're going to need, you know, you need a lot of depth at that position. So I think he's going to get a lot of attention, even if his numbers haven't been what, you know, everybody kind of expected, you know. So, I mean, I think he's going to go where it's the right fit. And I think if, if he thinks Iowa's the right fit, and I think if he, if Iowa thinks he's the right fit for them, I think that's where he goes. But you don't know. I mean, like I said, I think he's going to draw a lot of interest just for his talent and and what he's able to do in that position. So, you know, let me pick up on that, John, because you go back to the recruiting, and as you mentioned, there were a lot of big name schools coming uh, coming after him. How close was he? Because uh, I'm not recruiting's not certainly my strong suit. Um, how close was he to staying home? Do you recall? I mean, how difficult was the decision? Well, I'm assuming uh, that it came down to Michigan and Iowa, and I could be dead wrong. But how how close was he to staying home before Michigan swooped in? Do you recall? I, you know, I I think it was a difficult decision. I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, obviously, you're right down the street from Kinnick Stadium. Sure. You know, I mean, you grew up in that shadow, and you know, I I think he thought Michigan would be a better place for him. And I think, you know, now you look at a couple of years later, how's Iowa's offense going to evolve? And I, and, and, you know, it's, and, and again, that's not, an, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, other people have written about it this week, but I mean, you look at what, where this is going to go, where Iowa's offense may go and look at the quarterbacks they have, you know, right now and Nate Stanley and what they've got, you know, waiting in the wings. And, you know, maybe the, this offense evolves over the next few years into more of a passing attack. And, and so he may look at this and say, Hey, this, this might be a place where I want to be. Now this fits me more than maybe it did a couple of years ago. So I, I, I do think that, um, you know, I, I, I think that it's certainly a, an attractive possibility for him to come back. And I think it would be good for Iowa. I think they need to build that wide receiver depth. I think that's, you know, been an issue here in the last couple of years. It's gotten better, but I think it, it's a position of need, and I, I think that you know that's why I think they're interested in him. John, the Big Ten West this year is wide open as I can remember it. I, I think you can make compelling and solid cases for six of the seven teams in the division, everybody outside of Illinois. As you look at the race here, Iowa has been to the Big Ten championship game now in four years, and this will be the fifth year of it. The importance of the Iowa program, and who do you peg right now as the favorite is, what we're six weeks away from Big Ten football media days. I don't think you can. I mean, no, I, I don't I, either. First of all, you're dismissing Lovey here. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Is, you know, um, but um, no, I I think that I mean I I think that that a lot of what is what is going to be the key in this in this in this divisional race is I honestly I think it's it's how some of these teams develop this summer. You know, and and how because I mean everybody's got question marks, and the summer is really kind of a time when you know guys can kind of work things out for themselves. And so I, I think that, you know, we will learn a lot about, I mean, I, I think, you know, as we get into, you know, media days here in July and you'll start hearing names and, you know, and all that, you might get a better idea about some guys that will step up and, and lead their teams as we get in the, in the conference play. But, um, you know, like I said, I think it's wide open. I think anything, you know, go back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, you know, about the Nebraska-Iowa game at the end of the year and, you know that could be a, that could be a game mm-hmm. for the West Division. It could also be a game to see who plays in the you know in, in the Outback Bowl. You know, I mean, it's just it, there's so many factors that go into it, and I and I think it's just a matter of of who kind of really develops this summer, what teams develop in the positions that they have holes that they need to fill, and so if some guys can step up 
and then they get into fall camp, now you're going to kind of get maybe a better picture of what some of these teams look like. Uh, switching over to basketball, John, how will the uh, three-point line being moved back, will it, will it be significantly different? Will we see significant change um, now that it's, what, 20, it's the international distance, whatever that yeah. is, 22 feet or whatever? 22, yeah. Uh, how big well, of a difference? It. I mean, think about a lot of, think about a lot of Jordan Bohannon. Right, it won't make a difference at all. And yeah, and it won't make it won't make a big difference there. I, I I think what it'll do is it'll widen, it'll expand defenses a little bit. And I think the teams that will be the most that will handle this well are, are a the ones that can defend out that far, and then the other ones teams that have guys that can hit mid range mid range jumpers because that's going to open up some some interior play now, and it's going to kind of spread out defenses a little bit. And, you know, I, I noticed this kind of discussion, you know, during the NBA Finals. I haven't watched a lot of it. But, you know, talk about the guys that can hit that mid-range, too. Mm-hmm. And so those might be the teams that, that I think benefit the most because now that opens up that, that interior and, make, and it spreads out defenses and it, and it gives some more open looks to guys. I, I think it's going to open up the game a little bit, a lot more than, than just the three-point distance itself. I think it's just going to open up the, the offense a little bit more. John, uh, well, you know who is really good? Uh, mid-range pull-up jumper, Isaiah Moss. Now, he's not going to be part of the team this year, but it does look like Bakari Evelyn is. He's on campus this weekend for a visit. Still this Iowa basketball team. Yesterday, their ACC Big Ten challenge opponent was announced. Mm-hmm. They're going to the Carrier Dome. Cincinnati looks like they're going mm-hmm. to be stacked up. They're playing them in Chicago. An exempt tournament and 20-game Big Ten schedule with Bohannon, at the very best, questionable Texas right now. Tech is on there yes, potentially they, out in mm-hmm. Vegas. I, I, where where would you peg this Iowa team? Can they can they flirt with even with five hundred? Five hundred overall, or yes, in the Big Ten. Uh, oh yeah, I, I think I think I think if 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 Bakari Evelyn comes, I think that, that there's some problems that'll be solved there um, because now you've kind of planned for that worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we've talked about. This is still a, this is still a really good team. I mean, you've got Joe Wieskamp, you've got Luca Garza. Some guys are going to have to step up. I mean, I, I think you know, I think you have to see a, a better Jack Nunji, you know, with his year off. I think you need to see see a lot out of CJ Frederick. I think you need to see some guys take that next step. If this team takes, you know, the next, if, if a lot of these guys take that next step of, of getting a year older, I, I think this will be a pretty good team. But it is a tough schedule. It's going to test them a little bit. But and so that's why I think they have to be ready for it. You like I said, you have to plan as if Jordan Bohannon is going to be there. If he's there, great. If he's not, now you've got another option. And I think that's why this weekend is really kind of key for them moving forward is is to get a player like that that kind of answers some questions and, and fills a hole for you. Good stuff, John Bowen Camp. Thank you for being here for us. We appreciate it as always. We will uh, talk to you in the weeks to come. Thanks, John. Always glad to do it. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. John Bowenkamp, Burlington Hawkeyes, where you can uh, find John Bowenkamp and his fine work there. The self-proclaimed wise owl. He is. I like the nickname. I think it fits. Ever given yourself a nickname? Like never have. <laughs> I never have. Me neither. Stop me if I ever even flirt <laughs> with doing that. I don't think that'll happen. I love Bodicamp, though. No, I do, too. I'm a big fan. Absolutely am. We will take a timeout. We're going to do Big 12 conversation for the
most part. Yeah, oh, yeah. With Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We'll get into that with Bill. Analytical baseball conversation coming up, but more than just analytics. Uh, but we enjoyed the conversation last time we had Mark Simon on. We've got another hour to go, and we'll culminate it with giving away some Claxon's Barbecue. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.